Okay, uh, it's Real Hurley with Zealous Zcast, interview special here. We have uh, Chris Otto from the blog. Welcome, Chris. Hey, and we have Mike Watt, famous bass player. Welcome, Michael. Yeah, live from San Pedro. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm a little busy. Yeah. But that's a bit okay. I'm not going to complain. I'm just sorry. I had to put you out of it. I thank you for bearing with me and having patience. No problem. Hey, you're always good to me. So. But um, congratulations on the Bass Player Magazine's Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, thank you. That was like the coolest thing. And Flea presented that, right? He was there and gave it to me. Yeah, where was that at? It was given to me by uh, Bass Player Magazine. Bill Lay and Brian Fox and Chris G.C., the people there told me back in the summer it was going to happen. and That was a trip. They asked me to play with my second man at the Key Club. And it was part of their weekend of, you know, base. Right. <laughs> base uh, schooling, clinic, learning, and then a gig at the nighttime. And uh, it wasn't just me. Uh, there was a uh, Verdeen White from Earth, Wind, and Fire was given the one, and so was Carol Kay, who wasn't there. She wasn't feeling well, but they played a video of her. And she, both those cats are incredible bass players. There's a lot of nice people I met there, and uh, my mom went and saw it. I oh, gave her the award, really. Oh, did you? <laughs> That's yeah, nice. Of course. Um, who now was it like? Who who were previous recipients of that? Like in other years. Well, you know, uh, not qu quite a historian on it, but uh, they were telling me, all, yeah, a lot of different people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, playing bass and trying to, I don't know, put some personality in, and uh, get other young people, other people in on it to play, I. I don't think it means you're the best or anything. I just mean, uh, I just think it means uh, you're trying hard and they feel uh, you, you've, you've served the community of bass players or something. Right. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, it was very kind of them, you know, very nice. Well, you've you've definitely done that. Now, I know... Um, but, you know, I haven't done everything on bass. I have a lot to learn. Yeah. It was kind of weird lifetime because hopefully I have some more time left to learn more. I, th I think, and this is what I told them when Flea gave me the thing, I, I thanked him and thanked those people, and I said, I believe uh, everybody's got something to teach me. Right. So that's how I try to, uh, you know, navigate the life journey. Yeah. Well, now, I've known you for a long time, and you've always been excessively supportive of other bass players. And well, you, yeah. Even most recently, um, I know Chris Kirkwood when he got out of the, the penitentiary in Arizona, he um, he was very grateful that you embraced him just as much as you did before he went in. You know, I think that because I was there the the first day that he talked to you after he got out of jail, and yeah, and he well, was just you so know, thrilled. he had big influence on me, and he's a dear brother, and you know, I just felt I was glad to see him again, and I was glad he's out playing again. Although he was playing there, too, he told me. I mean, it's yeah. a special thing, and it's, you don't want to take it for granted or people for granted. So, uh, 
I was glad he was back on the uh, train. Yeah, they had a prison band. Back in the wrestling ring. Going and like the the drummer from Nazareth, I think, was in was in jail with him. Yeah, he told me he had the, there was a band in there that he played with these cats, and so he kept the music going. Yeah, that's good. It was great, and uh, so yeah, I was happy, and I saw him play with his brother and the new drummer man Tom. And I was mm-hmm. digging it much. Yeah, that's Ted. Ted Marcus. Ted. Yeah. Ted, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted. Yeah. Hey, my name's Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey. Um, I just wanted to ask you. You said that. Uh, Sometimes you felt like you weren't that much of an influence to people, but uh, you had a big part in uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, you mean the album? Yeah. Uh, they put my name on it. Yeah, I felt I, I was in touring Europe and I saw that somebody in, I was in a store, record store, and somebody pointed that out to me. It was very nice of those guys. Oh, they didn't tell uh, they're, you they're, I think one of their first gigs, maybe their second gig, was uh, opening for the Minutemen. So I go back a long way with them. Yeah. Uh, Dee Boone and Georgie. Yeah, yeah uh, I know. Nice cats. I just uh, did my radio show, the latest edition, a couple of days ago, and John Frashani was a guest on there. Oh, okay. So, How's he doing? You know, and I've toured a couple times with uh, their band since those days, uh, Blood Sex thing and uh they're just they're kind people you know yeah uh, how's john john just made another solo album i mean he's made so many uh records on his own besides with the band you know uh, he's just very and he had many good words inspired inspiring words about music to say on the show he brought his buddy uh josh klinghoffer they did a jam with me and brother matt oh that's cool you know it's just people making um music yeah you Did know, John come it's, to it's Pedro? a great thing. We do the show on Pedro. It's called the Watt from Pedro Show, TWFPS.com. And I think it was my 185th show, fourth show. Yeah, and you're on And iTunes. all the old shows are archived. And, you know, you're on I, I, I was on a pirate station a couple of years, maybe, you know, uh, nine, ten years ago for mm-hmm. two years. You got KBLT in um, Silver Lake. And uh, I never had been on that side of the microphone before. Mm-hmm. And they the Watt from to... Peter show is kind of like, it's almost like the original podcast, almost. Well, say? at first I was on, I had two hours. They had me fill in for Keith Morris, who's on tour of the Circle Jerks, and then they liked me, and so they said I could have a Friday slot. And I wasn't from Silver Lake, so that's why I called the show that. And But after two years there, uh, the government... Uh, shut the station down so uh, but I, I was on tour and i was talking at some people's pad in uh, portland and they had a company uh web host a host and website so they said hey why don't you stream your show and so for the last i don't know seven eight years i've been uh doing the show there once a week when i'm not on tour i try to do and uh you know i the only consistent thing I do is play John Coltrane first, but I try to. A lot of the music I get is from what uh, people give me at gigs and stuff, and um, you know I, I just try to let freak flag fly. <laughs> now, um, now you know what I wanted to tell you. I was when I heard of 
Ron Ashton's death. That, you know, I'm very sorry to hear that. First off, I know that that you guys had actually toured a lot with the Stooges, and you'd. Grown... I was with them five and a half years. Yeah, and and you and he were actually close before Iggy was even in the picture, right? You guys reformed the Stooges, and then Iggy liked you guys, right? And then... no, we didn't reform the Stooges. I mean, I played with Ron Ashton uh, yeah. first. Well, he came and saw me play in the. My other bands, you know, he saw Georgie play in uh, Detroit, and, but I got to play with him for a soundtrack album. Well, it was a few songs, and it ended up being an album that never was released called "The Wild Rats" in 1997, and uh, it was used. Songs were used for this movie called "Pavela Goldmine." Yeah. And then in 2000, I got very sick and almost died. And uh, I had to stop playing bass. It was the first time since you know Dee Boone's mom made me uh, play bass at 13. And so when they, they yanked the tubes out, I was well enough to play again. I, I couldn't play, so I kind of panicked and I started playing Stooges songs to get back in shape. My hands had all atrophied. I had no rhythm. And so I decided to put together some uh, Stooges uh, cover bands. You know, friends of mine playing some Stooges songs on the East Coast. I got uh, Jay to get Murph from Dinosaur and do a few there on the east. And on the west, I got Peter and uh, Perk from Porto for Pyros. And, I mean, you know, I was just barely strong enough to stand up, but I was. Uh, I thought, man, I better just jump back on the horse because I, mm -hmm. I don't want to lose playing bass. I didn't th think it was possible, but I was, uh, you know, you don't use it, you lose it, man. And, and laying there healing... My second opera is about that sickness shit anyway. But to get on, uh, Jay had just finished a solo album called Jay Mascus in the Fog, and he asked me to tour with him on bass. And he said it was hard for him to sing his songs every night, so why don't I do some, you know, every song every night. So he said, why don't you sing some Stooges songs? Uh, and they'll help me. I said, sure, man. And, you know, it was kind of like extension of what we just did, those three gigs at the Shitting Factory and Brownies there right. in New York City. And so uh, we come through Ann Arbor on tour, and he says, you know, Ronnie, why don't you call him up? So I call him up, he comes down to the Blind Penny, taking jams with us, and Jay's way into it, so we take him on tour. <laughs> and we start playing, you know, two-thirds Jay Mascus in the Fog, and then we bring Ronnie on stage and do the last third Stooges songs. <laughs> and then in 2002, Thurston got asked to curate All Tomorrow Parties, Mm -hmm. And he said, well, well, why don't you play with Scotty? And Scotty didn't have a drum set. He was living in his truck. So rent a drum set and fly him out to Cali from Florida where he was. And uh, so me and Jay are playing with both the Ashton brothers. And we start playing some gigs over in Europe, too, as Ashton, Ashton, Mascus, and Watt. And I think that's where Egg heard about uh, the Ashton brothers playing again and doing Stooges songs. Right. Okay, but it wasn't the Stooges. So Egg is making an album called Skull Ring, and he asks Scotty and Ronnie to come over and do three or four songs with them. And they do that, and then I'm on tour with one of my bands, maybe Second Man. I'm in Florida in Tallahassee, and I get a call, and it's Egg. And he says, well, Ronnie says, you're the man. We've been asked to do Coachella 2003. Mm -hmm. So uh, halfway through the tour, you know, I fly over to Memphis and uh, from Memphis to Cali and play play with the Stooges 
and there, from there, for five and a half years, we did gigs. Wow. I mean, those three were the Stooges, and Steve McKay, who's on the Fun House on sax, he played also. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm from the movement that was uh, given birth by the Stooges, you know. Right. Before yeah. the Stooges. I'm, I'm from yeah. the punk. Yeah, they're 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 before us. I'm so I'm not I'm not really part of the Stooges. Uh-huh. Yeah, their man was, died. Yeah. Dave Alexander died in 1975. Their their bass man. So, uh, I was there to help out, and also it, it was an incredible uh, way to learn. Right. What I don't, What I don't understand is like let's say popular music today, like rap music. Any kind of uh, person that's going to come out with a rap song, if they have even a sample. Mm-hmm. Of somebody that had died in the industry or had some kind of success in the industry twenty years ago, that would increase their sales twenty to fifty percent. Why is it not the same in rock and roll? Hmm. I don't know. Rock and roll. Rock and roll has a history of being co-opted. I mean, um, Little Richard sold many more copies of Tutti Frutti than. Uh, Pat Boone sold many t- uh, copies of uh, Tutti Frutti than Little Richard did. Uh, I know that wasn't a sample, and it was a terrible version. But he ended up selling more. I mean, are you talking about things getting co-opted, or just used, or, or there's no respect given? All three. Oh, I just yeah. Don't well, you know why the human no respect. Well, the human race. Yeah, respect's kind of a personal thing uh, that people got to learn for themselves, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, me and you talking, it seems like it's a matter of justice. and There should be justice about that. But it seems people, uh, they come from trippy places when it comes to stuff like that. And uh, But it's, it's not even justice. It's about everybody has to point out all their influences, whether yeah, or not you're they saying they're, uh, like a justice, uh, what's fair, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people, I don't know if they have that kind of understanding yet. And it's not like they're bad, they're just not hip to it, because a lot of the, a lot of the culture doesn't make people curious about this. So they almost have to stumble up on it on their own, by accident, unless, they, you know, they meet the right cats, or they just have an enlightening experience, like they hear some riff and they hear the original daddy and they go whoa that's where this came from the only thing new is you finding out about it (laughs) you know but that takes a little bit of humility and a lot of it seems like a lot of the culture is to make them good consumers they want to make them automatic experts so they don't have to be humble they don't have to learn they already know everything uh of course it's not the truth and uh uh, I'm with you. I agree with you. But I kind of understand so you, it. I can't be angry at everyone for that. Um, have you noticed the economy has taken a toll on your art? Um, well, um, the Stooges was the last tour I did in the summer. And that was big festivals. And I don't think it has hit yet. But I'm very aware of it, and uh, I've been, but I've always lived econo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can vouch for that. <laughs> so, 
but I'm going to go out in the spring on my own tour and I'll see what it's like, you know. I know just uh, last year the, the gas was be- big and expensive. That would have been rough for touring. Mm-hmm. It's a little more uh, manageable now. Are but you touring th- there North might America? be other things, like probably what you're talking about, Joe, is um, uh, Chris. Chris. <laughs> Sorry. Chris, what you're talking about, can people afford to go to gigs? Exactly. Yeah. I'll find that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to tour the North America? U.S., yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, probably Canada, too. Okay. Now, what about the Stooges? What's the future? I mean, oh, have on. you talked to Iggy about that? No. I mean, it's, I, I, not to be weird or anything, but I, I, that's the last thing I was thinking of is, you know. Yeah, that's true. I think of the Stooges, right, like with Dee Boone. I didn't think of a minute, minute after that. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted yeah. to ask you is, I know Iggy and Ron Ashton were, were, were close. Were, they were very close. They were best friends, right? Did, yeah. did your experience with D. Boone, you know, you losing your best friend, do you think, are, are you able to help Iggy in his situation now? Uh, you know, I went to the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the funeral thing, memorial, whatever. And it was very difficult. I've never been one to, before. I didn't go to D. Boone's. I didn't go to my pops. So I was younger then, but I thought maybe I needed to go, you know, to, yeah, maybe be there for them guys. Maybe for me, it just hurt me so bad. Mm-hmm. It's very, I've never gotten used to losing people. It's very difficult. I'm not saying I'm more special than anybody else, but, man, it, it was just hard. And, yeah. I was too afraid to even really talk, so I read some words from Walt Whitman's Lisa Grass that made me think of Ronnie. And um, I don't know what kind of help I am to anybody. Uh, I I would like to, you know, to give respect for Ronnie and stuff, and, and it's not really about me, you know. I'm really glad I got to play with the man. I loved him. I stayed a lot of times with him in Ann Arbor, and he was very, very nice to me. He was an incredible cat. So when the you know, he was probably the, band, the reason you... I was in the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the Ig, I had big, big respect and love, and of course, Scotty's son, his brother. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of hurt. I don't know if White can fix all that stuff. Yeah. You know. But. We're, we're trying to think of all the good things. Ronnie would want us smiling, maybe, I think, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But somebody it. told me, and I thought about that, and it was like, yeah, maybe. I had to talk well, about it yesterday to somebody who's writing an article, and uh, and I started crying. It's just hard for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm real sorry. You know that. I mean. Yeah, I know. Thing, I know. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. It was. Nobody's. Uh, it's just difficult for me uh, to, to know how to say the right things about it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I when you look at this, when you look at this economy and you think this is kind of the shit hitting the fan. Yeah. And then you say your real friends are the people that are there when the shit hits the fan. Oh, yeah. 
Of course. I mean, the other way is what they call it, fair weather, friend. Exactly. For instance, Iggy Pop right now, yesterday, just debuted a commercial where he's doing insurance for a health insurance company. Oh, wow. Oh, you you haven't seen that? No, I don't watch it. That's right, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. But that might have been in the works for a while. I'm sure it has. There's a lot of lighting and... I don't know, but when when Nick talks about that stuff, uh, he usually called it work. I got some work, and he's oh, selective, I, yeah, you know. But I don't know exactly why he does what he does. But man, you know, I have a lot of respect for the man. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing bad about commercialization, but when your band is is anti-commercialization, which I believe. Iggy and the Sears kind of was. It's kind of not hypocrisy, but more of just like a what's going on here. Oh, well, he probably didn't call it the Stooges. It probably was persona of, of Ig, right? Yeah, it was just him. Yeah, yeah, it, it was or him. They the I don't know. You know. Uh, uh, that's you, you, you say some interesting things, and it's um, it'd be kind of weird for me to speak for you. Kind of. Yeah. So how <laughs> but, was? But I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'll uh I'll switch gears a little bit here. Now you worked on Kelly Clarkson's um, My December, right? Well, I was asked to come in and play bass. I didn't really know her, you know. Uh, it was an opportunity. To, play some music, play bass to some music, and uh, the producer guy knew me and asked me to come in there, and I met her, she's a nice lady, she could really sing, yeah. and they had me play on six songs, it was kind of interesting, I don't do a lot of session work, Right. Um, they let me try out all kinds of ideas, you know, fuzz bass even and stuff, it wasn't um, uh, like they were telling me what to do. Um, it was kind of a trippy experience. I got asked a lot about that because I guess she won some game show or something and uh, a lot of tension. Yeah, American Idol. American Idol. Well, you know. Uh, Were you pleased with how it came out? I haven't actually heard it. <laughs> you know, but I like the experience. I like yeah. them doing it in there in the studio. You know, it's a scary thing. You go in there, you never heard the song. you got to learn it. you got to make up a part. Everything's right. already done. It's kind of scary to do that stuff. Right. But, you know, yeah, the thing about trying things. to learn, you you put yourself in challenging situations. Some These things you're talking about um, are not my regular thing, you know. More playing with my missing man and my second man and Dose. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot lately recording... Uh, here in my pad, uh, people sending me music uh, that haven't won game shows, and I just, you know, for nothing, put bass on it just to challenge to see uh, what I can come up with. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, I just made two uh, albums in uh, Tokyo last year, you know, uh, and not with famous pop people. I mean, I, I play, I try to play as much music as I can and stuff, and I, that that just came up, and they asked me. 
and I mean, there's going to be an opportunity uh, where I'm going to play with George again. There's going to be a fourth uh, Unknown Instructors album, I've been told. Oh, okay, with Dave Thomas? Uh, no, I don't know. I, I know it's Joe Biza and the guy who put it together, Dan uh, McGuire. I know those mm-hmm. two for sure, but I don't know the other people. Last time was uh, Dave Thomas. That was incredible. I really yeah. dug that. And Raymond was involved, wasn't Raymond, he? Raymond Raymond did a tune. I I'm, I'm, might be, I am doing some music with Raymond and some other thing too with Money Mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff. One yeah. thing about Ronnie, uh, what happened? Just like with that sickness, it makes you more aware of your mortality and why you want to get more and more in because you don't know how much time you got. Right. Yeah, his his death was definitely a shock to a lot of people because he was still young and vibrant, you know. He didn't Yeah. It's like and and you guys had just gotten back from tour, I think, right? No, well, the last gig was September 30th. Uh-huh. Okay. But you know, he was only 60 years old. His birthday we played a gig on his birthday in August. Wow. It was the day John Coltrane died and he had a nosebleed that wouldn't stop. And the doctor came. It was after me and him had chow, and after that, it wouldn't stop. And that's where he found out he had high blood pressure. He never knew. Mm-hmm. And that might have been a sign. Also, his father died in his 40s from a heart, bad heart. Oh. So, yeah, but you don't know. You know, you get dealt a hand, and so you try to play the hand. Right. You know, if you if you dig music, if you or dig painting or writing or, or something, you know what I mean? These mm-hmm. things. When you're younger, it's hard to know this because your body's so strong and. and you don't feel as uh, 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 you're in the sense of uh, only uh, limited time on the planet as right. a body. Yeah. Wow. Um, now, do you, I remember when, when the Minutemen were first around, the songs were real heavy on the politics. Are you still involved with the politics and the political lyrics? Uh, with your yeah, I, write, sec- I write all kinds of I write all kinds of songs. Of course, it's going to be a little different. Uh, it'll be probably kind of like the Mike Watt part of Minuteman, but Mike Watt wasn't all Minuteman. It was mm-hmm. D. Boone and George Hurley. So, those are, of course, because I, <laughs> I didn't want to steal from my friends. <laughs> so, right. So I, I kept on with my thing. But I, uh, even in those days, D. Boone said sometimes my words were kind of spacey, but I, I kind of thought they were political. <laughs> yeah, the, the songs were real political to me. Um, now, yeah, but maybe you didn't of... know which ones were D. Boone ones, uh, which one were Georgie ones, that's which true. one were Watt ones. Of course, yeah, to me, they true. all have a, a distinctive uh, voice, so I kind of know. And um, uh, I, I, I think okay. I think uh, D. Boone and George Hurley for sure. Uh, great. Uh, so, were you a big McCain supporter? Uh, who? McCain? McCain? John McCain? What about John McCain? Were you a big you mean, supporter? This guy, the senator from Arizona? Yeah. Am I, do, do I support him? Yeah. I, I didn't vote for him, no. <laughs> why? Well, oh no, up. I'm not a big fan myself. I live in yeah, Arizona. Yeah, I didn't vote for John McCain. I I voted for uh, Cynthia McKinney. You know about her? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who? 
she she was running for president too. Oh, who? What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> she oh. was running for the uh, Green Party. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a you secret ballot, but as long as you're bringing up people, I oh, think uh, right. people. It seems if you want to talk about uh, President Chief Executive of the no, uh, what do you call Green him? Party? No, what do you call this guy? The federal government. Yeah, chief executive of the federal government. Executive branch of the federal government. Uh, I think people are going to give this guy, uh, Barack Obama, a, a shot. But, man, he has got inherited a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. Man, can you imagine? In a way, maybe it would have been good if McCain uh, won because his party really set up some, I don't know. I don't know. Um of course, well, do you think the problem might be that Obama is just a whole bunch of empty promises, like a bunch of promises that will change everything. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's why I was trying to say. I think people are going to try to give him a shot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I am. Uh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm kind of skeptical. I, I mean, for one thing, you know, the, the country. Really isn't set up to be run by a king, you know. It's not up to one guy, mm-hmm. which may be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, you know, a... but you know, I, I also think um, uh, I also think yeah, we're kind of in for a tough ride because of some inherited problems. Uh, but I, look, I want people living in the U.S. Not to have it lame. So, uh, you know, I I know people in the music thing very uh, inspired by this man Barack Obama. And uh, what do you mean hopeful. exactly by not not to have people in the music industry have it lame? Well, I know some people in, in playing music and stuff. They're very inspired by him uh, being elected. They were very happy. And, you know, uh, uh, those are some of the people I meet. I meet working people, too, here in my town, and they kind of are, want to give the guy a chance, too. So I, I think yeah. Yeah, there's uh, kind of a wait-and-see thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully people keep a, cri- a critical mind, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of part of a new president to kind of give him a chance. You know? Give him a shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it Even seems if, like what happens, the lame thing that happens, it's not just him. He brings in a gang of dudes that start doing, he becomes almost just mouthpiece for this other, it seems like the last few regimes have been like that. Yeah, that's pretty much expressed. You know, so maybe he won't, though, you know. Maybe he, he, he said, like what Harry Truman said, the buck stops here, maybe he he will be like that. So that's pretty tough. Seems like he's he's trying to start up real quick. You know, yeah, that's true. He was starting before he was even in office, really. Which is a is a good uh, yeah a good sign, maybe. Uh, you know, maybe he's yeah. also already running for re-election. You know, that the the, <laughs> the 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 political class is a is a trippy kind of thing. I think they were skeptical about it. You know, I've read things Thomas Jefferson wrote about. That, but he ended up being one too. I mean, it's a duplicity of 
human condition and ideals and then practice. Yeah. Now, Michael, yeah. is there any chance that's, that's of a fire hose reunion? Oh, What's that? Is there any chance of a fire hose reunion? Uh, Edward called me about something like that. Yeah, I heard that Georgie rumor. was into it. Yeah. Well, Ed, Ed, Edward asked me. You know, uh, he lives in Pittsburgh now, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I have commitments to other things I planned before, and I told Edward about this, but I would love to play with him again. I like those songs. I like playing with him and Georgie. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fans would be really excited to see that. Yeah, they're good. those are good guys, man, and they were there for me in a very hard part of my life. Yeah, as you were for them, too, by the way. But um, I know you have practice soon, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and 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 uh, cut it off now. Well, ask Chris if he's got anything else to ask me. Chris, have you anything else? He was gonna um, ask you about the Jackass theme, I think. Oh yeah, about the Jackass theme. What yeah. do you see from that? Well, it's Spike Jones Corona. made that show. He uh, he sent me the pilot and he asked me if they could use Corona and. Uh, I thought it was a way D. Boone could help his daddy. His daddy was alive at the time with emphysema. And I thought it was a way he could help his daddy. And also, uh, people could hear D. Boone play guitar. Yeah. And that's why I said, I mean, it's about a lady finding stuff on the beach to trade in to get money for her kids, you know? Yeah, but and, is that worth enough to know that they're making probably like $100,000 every time they play da-na-na-na? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if they're making that money because of that song, but uh, uh, um, he, his father did need the help. Oh, yeah, he, he did. I mean, it's a very distinctive song. Now, Deboon's father died recently, right? He died yeah. like last year, right? Well, a couple years ago. Very yeah, sad. He had emphysema where all the bronchial sacs in your lung rupture, you know, and you can't breathe. Right. And and so, you know, that that's what what the reason why I let that happen. Because he yeah. he was into helping his family. Right. You know. And he got cut short, way short. <sighs> yeah. We were talking about Ronnie and that was short sixty, but D Boone twenty seven. Yeah. That was a horrible I remember that whole time. You know, it always it is like... when we lose one of us, you know? Yeah. It's hard because uh, there's the potential. You know, when, when you're alive, there's always the ability to try and make, create, or join together and help somebody. And then yeah. when you're gone, you got to do it through spirit or something. Yeah. So it, it, it's hard, but it's part of the deal, man. And like I told you before, it's something hard for me to get used to. So I don't know if I answered that right, Chris, but that's what, what's why. So, worst that. case scenario, that lick is ingrained in all the children of today it is yeah i don't know it's i've heard really a lot of people song. come up to me and ask me about the jackass song and i tell them it's called corona yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they call it the jackass song but yeah they played well, it that's like how every... they know it you know yeah and uh and... yeah it's it's kind of trippy that way but it's it's not making <laughs> out of dis disrespect yeah well, I will. Uh, I'll let you go. Let me name off a few plugs here. Now, I have um, Mike Watt's webpage is www.hootpage.com, 
And then you can check out the Stooges at IggyPop.com. And, Michael, what I'll do is I'll transcribe a lot of this interview, and I'll put it on my website, which is www.zlist.com with three Zs. And, um, Michael, I'm going to ask you to hang on um, a little bit, but I'm going to say goodbye to the audience. Um, Thanks for listening. And, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you much, Chris. Can I hang on, too, or no? Yes, you definitely need to hang on. We're talking to Henry Hill after this, remember? Okay, (laughs) great. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I asked him if he knew what time he had He said he wasn't sure Maybe a quarter past The kids of today should defend themselves against the 70s I peered in his eyes as we stood in line just to have a look But the pages I found looked like an unbound coloring book The kids of today should defend Child of the 70s.